Who the hell's Jake? <laughs> the guy she kills. Oh, okay. <laughs> I forgot his name. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, who oh, this is. <laughs> Hey guys, here's what's coming up. Next week on August 9th, we have our Patreon choice episode. This time around, our patrons have chosen A Deadly Education by Naomi Novik. Then on August 16th, we will be discussing Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince for our Harry Potter reread series. Want to do a buddy read? You can still join in. We're reading Anxious People by Frederick Bachman through the month of August. If you're interested in reading with us, you can message us on Facebook or Instagram and we'll add you to the chat. A casual group discussion will happen every Saturday via Messenger to talk about the latest chapters. And our first September episode will be all about it. We hope you'll join in. And here's a shameless plug for our Patreon. We've got bookmarks, we've got stickers, we've got a miniseries, and a ton more. If you want to find out about all the cool perks, head on over to our Patreon and sign up. We hope you consider supporting us if you can, and we're incredibly grateful to all of you for listening in every week. Thank you. Speaking of thank yous, we want to send a huge thank you and shout out to our patron, Ronnie, and a special shout out to our newest patron, the Pirate Queen. May your troubles always be fictional. Now, on with the show. Welcome back to the Book Life Podcast with your host, myself, my best friend, Abby. Tonight, we are discussing a very interesting book that's definitely a crossover between Crazy Rich Asian meets Jane the Virgin, and yeah, it was some kind of roller coaster and some kind of ride. Abby, can you introduce the book to us? Sure thing. I believe they publicized this book as a cross between Crazy Rich Asians and Weekend at Bernie's. I do. <laughs> the book is called Dial A for Aunties by Jess Q. Sutanto. And we actually read this in our book club and Mo did not get it read in time. <laughs> I did just fine. Uh, kind of. I did fine. Okay. I just finished it today, guys. And we, went, and we met like two weeks ago. But anyway, <laughs> I, I did it. It's just not my... It was a good book. I just... it. I flew through Crazy Rich Asians. I love Jane the Virgin. That's good. But I did not fly through it like I anticipated. Now, I anticipate other people would fly through this book, Abby. I know that you were like, like a superwoman and like flew right through it. But I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm me. And I'm also, guys, I'll be honest, I'm a bit on a reading slump. So I'm definitely struggling reading through books right now. But it is July. So, I mean, it's been like six months of like hardcore reading. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, this book, like... I adored everything about this book. There's romance, there's murder, there's really, really crazy aunties, there's hijinks, and I don't know, everything about this book was just so ridiculous and off the wall and amazing. This like, this was the perfect book for me. <laughs> it was a little ridiculous. And I mean, I can't say I did not enjoy it. I think I would have loved the audiobook. Like, I feel like this would have been such a great listen. Mm -hmm. um, and I did read it as an ebook. What format did you read it as? I also read it in as, as an ebook because I entered the Goodreads book giveaway for it and ended up getting a free copy of the ebook. So 
that's why I read the ebook of it. And I actually got through this really quickly for an ebook for me. It was like two weeks, maybe. That's good. So yeah, I had a great time with this book. My library actually has the audiobook and I plan to listen to it because I can only imagine how good this audiobook is going to be. <laughs> well, here's the thing too. Did you know that the film rights for her story for this book were bought by Netflix? I am so thrilled with that news. Mm-hmm. I want to watch this movie. Yes, I would I think I would like it. <laughs> One thing I really appreciated was the beginning of this book, how she's like, guys, please don't be offended if you feel like I'm stereotyping the aunties or any kind of Asian culture. She's like... I'm not lying when I tell you that I live this life. And I and she's like, this I promise this is from my real life and this is how it actually it is. And I was like, Okay, yeah. sounds good. Well, I'm looking up her bio online, she straight up says, Hey, you know, my dad's got like seven siblings and my mom has like eight. And I literally live on a street with a ton of my aunts and uncles and cousins. This is so that is literally her life is living this close and being this tight knit with her family, just like they are in this book. So I really appreciate that she pulled those aspects in. Right. I like, I mean, it was a wild ride, but it was a good ride, you know? <laughs> it was one of those rides I kept going, okay, so this is how it's going to end. No, no, we're, we're going to keep going. Okay. Okay. So this is how it's going to end. Nope, nope, I was wrong again. <laughs> Did you know there's going to be a, a sequel for Dial A for Aunties by April 2022? I know, I'm excited. I want to read it. Right. I would read it with you, just so you know. Oh, good. Because I love the main characters. But let's first, are there any other fun facts we haven't highlighted before we get into the main characters? Just a couple. So... Jess Q. Sutanto, who is the author, actually grew up going back and forth between Jakarta and Singapore, and she still considers both places home. And she also has a master's in creative writing from the University of Oxford. So cool. I know. All right. Are you ready to hear about this book? Uh, hear about? Oh, yeah, the summary. I cannot believe I forgot about I'm sorry. I was just thinking about the characters, and I'm like, okay. I'm like, I'm ready to talk about the characters. And I'm like, yeah, sorry, listeners. Abby, can you tell us what the story of the book is? If you can't tell, it's about crazy rich Asians. <laughs> sure. Every woman has considered it. You know you have. Who would you get to help you hide a body? For many, that person turns out to be her mother and her mother calls in Medi's three aunts. The plan is simple enough. Hide the body in a cooler at Big Aunt's Bakery until after the big wedding, Medi and the aunts are working the next day. What could possibly go wrong? What could go wrong? Like, literally everything. Everything goes wrong. I not lie. I was thinking about the characters, and I was like, ooh, which aunt is my favorite? Hmm. I'll tell you later, guys, in the second half of the uh, episode. But I was thinking, I'm like, this is hard. Can you actually pick a favorite? Yes, I have a favorite. Oh, dang. See, me, I'm just like, I love them all. I love different aspects of them all. I'm not sure I can pick a favorite. I have a favorite. Okay, we will discuss in the second half. 
Mo, hit me up with the characters. Good. Let's talk about characters because I'm ready to go. I'm jazzing. <laughs> so the first character we follow is Medellin. Medeline. Medellin. Well, her parents were going for Madeline, I believe. Okay. So we're going to say Madeline. Yep. Her nickname is Mitty. Um, her last name is Chan. Chan. Yeah, there we go. Madeline Chan. So that was a hard name to get through, guys. Just going to put it out there right now. But she is a 26-year-old um, wedding photographer who went to UCLA and lives at home with her mom. And she is... Wishing to spread her wings and to get out on her own. We have Big Aunt, who is the oldest of the four sisters. She runs a very successful baking business and makes the most beautiful cakes you possibly can imagine. Next, we have Second Aunt, who is in charge of hair and nails for their little wedding business. So Big Aunt, Second Aunt, Ma, and Fourth Aunt all have a wedding business. And Second Aunt takes care of the brides, the bridal showers, the grooms, anyone who needs their hair and nails done, she's got you. We have Ma, who makes beautiful, wonderful floral arrangements. And, of course, she is Medi's mom, and she's the third sister. And we also have Fourth Aunt, who is the youngest sister, the baby of the family, Big Aunt's favorite. And she is over-the-top, crazy personality because she is a performer. So she does all the music, all of – yeah, she's crazy, guys, <laughs> honestly. She, she, she did some crazy crap, and I was like, oh, okay. But those are the four aunts. We have Nathan, who is Maddie's love interest and the one that got away and the one that we all miss because we love him. We have Jacqueline, who is the, um, I almost said the princess, that's not the right word though, who is the bride of our story. We have Tom, who is her groom. We have Jake, Maddie's secret blind date that she gets to go on. And we have Maureen, who is Jacqueline's um, best friend and maid of matron. Made of honor. honor. For her wedding. Made of honor. And those are our main cast of characters. And they are all in their own way a delight. <laughs> Your face when you said that was great. Which one? A delight. A delight. <laughs> yeah, I was like, who's Jake? I don't I'm like, oh yeah, I do now. The guy who was pretending to be Nathan, who is wrapped up in all sorts of craziness in this book, even though he's dead. Yeah, well, it looks to be him. <laughs> I know. <laughs> all right, guys, that does it for this first spoiler-free half. When we come back, it's all spoilers. So don't miss out. I'm Kayla. And I'm Haley. And we host the podcast We Majored in English for this. It's a weekly show on YA fiction and tomfoolery. Join us each week as we rant, rave, and recap your favorite young adult fiction books. You can find us on all your favorite streaming platforms. And now back to your show. Welcome back, everyone. Just so you know, this is the spoiler half of the episode where we talk about everything in detail and we don't hold back. So if you have not read this book, take a second, go read it. This is Chicklet, guys, just so you know, and it's fiction, and it's a fast read, 300 pages. So, like, if you want to listen to it, you can get it done in a weekend and come back and listen to us. This is your warning. We're diving in right now. All right, let's go. All right, who first? Favorite characters. Mo? Yes. Okay, okay, okay. I'm so excited. Okay, so 
I really wish I listened to this as an audiobook. I think I would have highly got a like such a I think I would have rated it higher because I love the characters in this book. Like my favorite Okay, I really liked I like Medi. She was a great main character. I love Nathan. I love Medi and Nathan together as a package as well. And I think I liked Medi just because she she really loves her her mom and she really wanted to honor her mom and really you know, she's part of that big family dynamic and she didn't want to leave like all her cousins did because they're all like, yeah, yeah, our parents are crazy. So peace out. And they move across the country, but she stays loyal and stays close to her family. But I also understand like her yearning that she had to spread her wings and fly. And she's like, I got to get out of this nonsense. Mm-hmm. I loved her inner struggle throughout the book of I don't want to let my family down. I want to stay close to my family, but I also really want to run away from them because <laughs> it's such like two very strong pulls in very opposite directions. Right. I love it. I'm just like, I'm like, you, like, I love her loyalty to her mom, but I'm also like, girl, come on, you could be free. Go, go do it. Go do it. You know what I mean? I know. Take the plunge. Just come on. And then, so from her, so if we were doing like favorite male characters again, Nathan would just have to hop right in there. I love Nathan. Like I loved how he was like, yeah, girl. Yeah. I knew you killed him. It's fine. I figured it out. And she was like, what? How did you figure it out? And he's like, he's like, really? You're dragging a giant cooler across my facility. Then there's a dead body in my hotel. I mean, he's like, really? Do you think I'm that stupid? And she's like, no, I don't. Uh, I adore Nathan as well. So my description that I wrote down for him was, every girl's dream is to have a hunky guy who's in love with you and also willing to help you hide a body. Perfect man. (laughs) Oh my, I know. I know. Because he is. He's great. He's just like, yeah, it's fine. It doesn't matter. (laughs) It's just like, but I thought this would be a big deal. He's like, no. No, it's really, it's really not. He's like, it's fine. This whole day's a shit show. It, this is just an icing on top of the cake. Just a cherry. It's fine. He's like, of course, there's a dead body. What else would not be happening today? I know. It was, I was like, <laughs> but I don't know, but together. So like there's Medi and Nathan separate. And then there's Medi and Nathan together. Mm-hmm. And I loved, like, I'm not a super duper sappy romancy person, but I love their chemistry. You know what I mean? Like, I loved reading when he took yes. her t- home to London. And I'm like, oh, oh, you get to meet his parents. Mm-hmm. They are such a cute couple. I was rooting for them right from the beginning. Like, that first chapter where you're introduced to, like, how they met in a flashback. And I was just going, but why did you split up? Like, I was already rooting for them before they'd even really gotten together. <laughs> because they just worked so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did and then you you have to like watch in flashbacks as they like what happened and everything and I was just like are you freaking kidding me when they broke up like I legit I was like no no Matt no do not break up with him he'll be understanding he'll you'll figure it out don't break up with him I know I was, I was very disappointed that she broke up with him but then obviously she meets him again in this book so it's which like, is fine which is fine yeah but still, seriously. And then, okay, my favorite aunt was Big Aunt. Okay? Okay. I love the fact that she she's mother hen. She takes care of everybody. She takes care of her little chickies, right? 
I really liked how she has this power struggle with second aunt. And I thought their dynamic was hilarious where they're always trying to one up one another. But then like how um, fourth aunt was her favorite because that's the baby. And so she took care of her and raised her and how I, I don't know. I just love like the sibling dynamic of her. And I also love how she um, when Maddie's like embody big aunt because get through this BS scene that so basically, guys, so she's talking to the sheriff who had just arrested Nathan for the murder. And she's like, I need to embody Big Ant and I need to get to him and get him free. And she just like bullies her way from the receptionist into Nathan's office and then spins this BS story how she's a lawyer. And I was like, all right. All right. It was quite delightful. That was a fantastic scene. And I mean, I loved all the ants, honestly, but she was my favorite. She's number one. And then if I was going to rank them, then it would be Ma, then it would be second aunt, and then fourth aunt. I love second aunt because she just, I love how she does weird Tai Chi. She's like, I'm stressed. I need to do Crouching Dragon and, and Slithering Steak and Praying Mantis in, in the field, you know? <laughs> and then I, I liked how Ma's like, I brought my Chinese herbal medicine and I gave it to the groomsmen to make them feel better. And then they're like, what was in that? She's like, well, something I got off the internet that replaces this one Chinese word. And they're like, really? And she's like, yes, it's, it's THC. <laughs> or I don't know what the actual name is for, T- for THC. And Medi was like, so you gave him marijuana? She's like, no, 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 no. I, I gave him THC. And she's like, that's marijuana. I gave them Chinese yeah. medicine. <laughs> she's like, <laughs> Whatever, mom. I just I just can't deal with this. And of course, there's fourth aunt who's like, "Well, I gave them abstinence," and she's like, "You gave them abstinence," and she's like, "It's all fine." Like, <laughs> I I adore the dynamic between the four sisters. Just like it's so, it feels so real, and it's so true to life. And I just ah. It was so well written. The second aunt's Tai Chi cracked me up because literally every time they had a meeting of the five of them, she was just in the background doing Tai Chi because she was so stressed out. She's like, I can't, I can't do this. Woo, arms in the air. Literally every time. And big aunt trying to take charge of the situations and second aunt going, oh no, this is a better idea and causing more mayhem. And... They're really good at costume. But wait, but wait. I need to highlight one thing. Uh-huh. Feathers on your nails. Oh, my God. Fourth aunt. <laughs> when I read that description, I was literally picturing, like, feathers longer than your finger on each of her nails. Me freaking too. Okay? <laughs> like, I imagine, like, I imagine, like, she is the, um, what is it called? The feather duster from Beauty and the Beast, you yes, know? but just her fingers. I'm imagining, like, just her fingers. <laughs> I know. Like, I'm so I just had to highlight. It's like, not even a fairy character. I just need to highlight the fact that feather fingers, you know? Through this, basically this entire book, because the majority of this book takes place in a single day, through this entire day, she has these giant feathers attached to each finger nail. Each fingernail has a giant feather attached to it. Mm-hmm. The whole day. Oh my gosh. Anyway, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to steal your thunder. Please continue. I just had to highlight the feather fingers, okay? 
Oh, I was going to highlight the feather fingers too. So no worries. Okay. Well, Abby, tell me about your favorite characters. Okay. Oh, like I said, I <laughs> loved Medi. I loved Nathan. I love them as a couple. They're a great couple. I think they're probably top 20 couples. I would say. Yeah. I can go with that. Like top 20 fictional couples, you know, I just, I really loved their dynamic. I loved the chemistry between the two. I love how well they work together. All the ants, all the ants just absolutely cracked me up. I don't think I could pick a favorite, honestly. I enjoyed so many different aspects of each one and the mayhem that they each caused. And they all caused their own kinds of mayhem. <laughs> they all had their own flavor of mayhem. <laughs> so much mayhem. I think my favorite parts about the mayhem were like, Medi trying to actually do her job and trying to actually like focus on it and then she'd randomly see this thing that is very out of place and she'd just go I don't know why that is the way it is but I am going to ignore it and move on and you find out later that it's something one of the ants did <laughs> just like one of the groomsmen shows up or doesn't show up because he can't fight his freaking tux and it's just like little side things like that like oh yeah one of the ants took that tux to dress the dead body in <laughs> it's just oh everything about this book man all of these characters are just so good and i loved the petty rivalries between the sisters <laughs> because if you're going to be that close for that many years that is a thing that will happen <laughs> I, I didn't realize that was a thing in a close-knit family, to me, that feels like something that should happen. And if it doesn't, you got to have the chillest people ever in your family. Just, like, being in that close contact with people who are directly related to you for that many years. Just something's got to give. They were something. They, uh, oh. they, they, they were just the highlight of the book, honestly. Oh, my gosh. They really were. All right, so I need to talk about least favorite characters. <laughs> okay. Because I have a couple. Yeah, me too. <laughs> you, you, I think they're probably the same. They are. How about you start? Okay. All right, so we're going to start with Jake. Um, I'm glad he died. He was a piece of trash. <laughs> I it, it took me a sec. So he doesn't die initially when they think he does. Then they stick him in the cooler and find out later that find out the next day that he um died in the cooler trying to get out i was like slightly disturbed by that for half a second and then i moved on keep moving just keep moving i mean come on he was a piece of trash <laughs> oh i know first off he catfishes who he thinks is meddy but it's actually meddy's mm-hmm. mom pretending to be meddy oh that was so bad i was like oh my god that was terrible that was so bad so there's, you know, giant miscommunications within the <laughs> messaging that they are doing to each other. And <laughs> he basically thinks she's going to give it up on a single date. And and, and Ma thinks that she, he's going to cook her eggplants. Uh-huh. Ma thinks that he is going to cook most... some eggplants. Oh, my God. And and the um the, the wet drop ones, I was like, oh, my God, oh my oh my God. God I know. I was like, oh my god, I can't do this. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Digress. So, and he basically just, like, he treats her like crap, and 
is very pushy is not respecting her saying no and she like freaks out and accidentally tases him while he's driving so they crash i am so you know i'm glad that she was not her but i mm. i was not worried for jake when that car crash happened i was worried for Maddie. i was like are you okay girl right <laughs> uh so i was i was not at all disappointed that he ended up being the dead body that they were toting around and then the other character I really disliked was Tom because Jacqueline was an absolute angel and I adored her. Mm-hmm. She was fantastic. And Tom was a tool. Do you know what kind of vibes Jacqueline gave me? Hmm. She gave me asterisk vibes. Yes. That's what I was thinking too. And I feel like Maddie was a lot like Rachel, but not quite Rachel-ish, but a little bit, you know? Yeah, I mean, making comparisons, Rachel and Medi would be the equivalent characters, and Astrid and mm-hmm. Jacqueline would be equivalent characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're definitely not, like, carbon copies of each other or anything. Don't get that idea if you're listening and you haven't read this. Oh, and we're talking about Crazy Rich Asians, in case you weren't sure what we're talking about, but that's what we are talking about. Yes. So, I mean, it's very it's fair to say this is a cross between... Crazy Rich Asians in Weekend at Bernie's, for sure. But it's definitely its own story. <laughs> so yeah, just Tom, man. Like, I honestly loved the reveal that none of the groomsmen were actually his friends and they were all paid actors. Like, that just made it for me. I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> like, when we got to that and I was just, oh man, at the wedding when he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, don't be a dick. And then he's like, you know, then like you find out like he's paying. I'm like, oh, well, I guess, well, you should still be a dick, but still, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I was like, wow, I was right. You are such a tool that you don't even have a single friend. That is pathetic. Oh, I liked his parents, though. His parents were nice. Yeah, his parents were great. He was just a spoiled little brat. He's trash. I like how his mom was like, be generous, Tom. We talked about this. And I was like, okay. I know. I'm like, what are you scolding a five-year-old? Yeah, I know, right? Like, how old is he? You shouldn't be having to tell your grown son who is getting married to be generous. That's a bad sign right there. But, you know, I felt exactly the same way. The moment that we started getting those bad vibes when... They were driving through the warehouse with Jake, and I'm like, mm, 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 I don't like this. And then he was pseudo dead, and I was like, kind of sucks. But then he was dead, dead. I was like, oh, oh, well, whoops, oops, <laughs> nope. Well, it just happens. Um, but you didn't mention the sheriff. He was quite odious. Oh, I forgot about the sheriff. I didn't like him. He was awful. He was like a small town prick. He's like, you mainlanders don't understand how the island works. And I'm like, chill, dude. Like, just, just chill. Seriously. Well, and he was incompetent not on top of everything else. Like, he didn't even have anything to stand on. <laughs> he was, so he was absolutely incompetent about his job. Mm-hmm. Which just made him a bigger prick because he was bluffing his whole way through. Right. Well, I want to move on to favorite scenes. Yes. I'll let you start. (laughs) Without a doubt, the highlight of this book was the actual wedding ceremony. 
Okay. I'm glad. I was I was literally thinking the same thing because I was like, this is the biggest shit show I've ever seen. So Ma and her Chinese medicine, which is actually just marijuana, and was it fourth aunt with the absinthe? Yes, fourth aunt with the absinthe, yep. Getting all the groomsmen, both drunk and high at the same time, they are so, and they were already hung over from the previous night, having gotten drunk. So they are hung over, newly drunk, and high as kites. And these guys are so loaded. They stumble out during this wedding ceremony. Two of them are carrying the dead body, which the ants decided to dress up at one point in one of the groomsmen's tuxes. And then they decided, having gotten all of the groomsmen drunk and high, to leave the dead body there and hope nobody noticed. Oh... Except two of the groups were noticed, so oh, they carry him out. And then when they're doing the interview with them, and they're trying to, yeah, we don't know who he is or how he got here, and we just picked him up. I'm just like, oh, you are so out of your mind. You don't, you know, you're just carrying a dead body. It's fine. That's all good. Oh my gosh. Yes, they were so out of their minds. They literally couldn't tell they were carrying a dead body. Like, oh my god, it was. Oh, that's so cringe too. Like I wish, like I was, I was sitting there. I'm like, I'm having moments with this. It's, I'm like, like I, I felt like I was with Medi, and she's like freaking out. I would have to, I would have to freak out too. Oh, I'd have been losing my mind. I appreciated Medi's fast thinking through all of this and coming up with solutions for crap, especially the solution of okay, these guys are clearly high off their gourds. They need to get out of here before they destroy everything. Please. Please, please, let us escort the entire bridal party away so that it looks like it's planned. Hey, she was fast thinking. She's calling that wedding planner like, abort, abort. Well, and here's another douche point for Tom, insisting that they all had to stay up there despite their clearly bad condition. Like, I wouldn't want my groomsmen. This yeah you know like they're not making you look good you might as well just dismiss them and call it done well and here's the thing tom's paying them all fine but you can also go back to their agencies and be like hey do you have any idea how badly they screwed this up i want my money back like that's what i would have been planning on doing what why would you throw a fit and be like no they have to stay like again are you five Yes, he was all cringe. That was it. Oh it was so... I can't for the life of me figure out how Jacqueline got this far with that guy. I think that's the most baffling part of this whole book to me. <laughs> I don't know. That is a good question. We will never know. Because it was not revealed why she was with Tom or how they even met. They just got to that day somehow. Somehow. And spent a crap of money. Yeah, so um, I also loved the initial scene where Medi shows back up at her house with Jake in the trunk and her mom calls the ants and, oh, I got quotes. Hold on. <laughs> okay, okay. So all the ants get called over. Trust Ma to take pride in my etiquette when I've just shown her my date, whom I've killed in the trunk of my car. 
I did just kill a person, so I don't know that you can say you phrased me well. Oh, he must deserve it. <laughs> yeah. And of course, when the ants come, your ants coming over so late at night, coming to help us get rid of body, and we don't even offer them any food. The Asian culture. <laughs> you know what the best scenes were? Because you just said that Asian culture one. The fact that Maureen had tied up all the aunties and she's trying to make Medi go get the, not the dowry, what they what they call it? The tea money, tea ceremony money? Yeah, the tea ceremony gifts. Yeah. And they're praising Maureen for how smart she is. Oh, she is so smart, Medi. Why are you not like her? And I'm like, full, full ultimate, like, <laughs> Asian scam here, or Asian mom scam. So the sequel has a title on goodreads Ooh, what what if what's the title it's called four aunties in a wedding <laughs> the aunties are back fiercer than ever and ready to handle any catastrophe even the mafia in this delightful and hilarious sequel even Many- the mafia the mafia's coming to the wedding oh boy Medi chan has been to countless weddings but she never imagined how her own would turn out <laughs> I love that the premise is Medi's wedding. That makes me so ridiculously happy. I <laughs> know <laughs> uh, the day has arrived. She can't wait to marry her college sweetheart, Nathan. Instead of having Ma and the aunts cater her wedding, Medi wants them to enjoy the day as guests. As a compromise, they find the perfect wedding vendors, a Chinese Indonesian family run company just like theirs. Medi is hesitant at first, but she hits it off right away with the wedding photographer. Daphne, who reminds Medi of herself, down to the unfortunately misspelled name. So, it's literally spelled Stephanie. I'm sure they meant Stephanie. Is what they were trying for. Just like they were trying for Madeline. Did not get there, huh? And did not get there. Medi realizes that is where their similarities end, however, when she overhears Stephanie talking about taking out a target it turns out stephanie and her family are the family actual mafia and they're using Medi's wedding as a chance to take out a target her aunties and mother won't let Medi's wedding ceremony become a murder scene over their dead bodies and will do whatever it takes to save her special day even if it means taking on the mafia <laughs> good well i know what i'm reading next year <laughs> Well, I will read it with you, and we will have a sequel to this episode. Okay. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That just sounds absolutely fantastic. (laughs) Anyways, did you have any other favorite scenes you wanted to talk about? No, my ultimate favorite scene was literally the aunties praising Maureen for tying them up. And I was like, okay. And I like how many is like... I mean, they're like, well, you should learn from her. She's like, what's wrong with you people? You know? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that was so delightful. Um, I also loved all the flashbacks. Like, I loved all the immersion scenes with Nathan. Like, it was just so sweet. Like, I'm not a big sappy person, but I was like, a whole bunch of these, and I would be okay with that, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, a whole bunch about them. Yeah, I really liked the flashbacks. But no, otherwise that was pretty much where I was. Yeah, I adored so much of this book. Like, there's some scenes that stand out, but really, 
thinking about my favorite scenes in this book, I'm kind of running through the majority of the book. Mm-hmm. Because it's just hilarious. Oh, what are your least favorite scenes? Basically all the beginning stuff with Jake, because just ick. Like, he's too handsy, he's too pushy, he's giving off creeper, raper vibes, it's just, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that, that was pretty much that. I can't, I'm trying to think of, like, was there anything besides Jake being gross with Medi? And I'm like, that was awful. That was the least favorite scene. Are the least favorite scenes? I had some struggle with the suspension of disbelief in this book. This book was so wild that I was like, what is going on in this book? So it's not like a least favorite scene. I just struggled to stay focused and stay in it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So part of it, I feel, again, I had listened to it. It would have been, it would have translated so much better because there was so much slang and jargon like very much today stuff uh, today stuff that's not terrible very much today the way we speak and we act and how we type mm-hmm. was in this book which is fine i don't know I, I i didn't like it because it reminded me of how i used to write in high school mm-hmm. and i guess i i'm at a higher caliber of novel now does that make sense yeah i can see that Especially, like, like the words with, like, the H, you know, like, I don't know, we'll say have, H-A-A-A-A-V-E kind of thing, you know what I mean? Like, I know it's emphasizing, I know it's kind of imitating how you would actually say it or how she's thinking it, but every time mm-hmm. I got to that, I was like, it was jarring, I was like, oh, well, okay, you know? Mm-hmm. Anyway, what were you going to say? Yeah, I can understand that. Oh, I was just going to say, for me, the suspension of disbelief wasn't an issue because I, like, I hung my suspension of disbelief at the door when I came in. Oh, you're like, it'll be fine. We'll just put this right here. We'll come back to it later. Like, the whole premise of this book is the fact that she accidentally kills somebody and is trying to hide the body. So, like, I'm I'm just going to toss my suspension of disbelief away, thanks. Like, are you like... I'm just going to enjoy this ride. It doesn't like, matter. Bye. <laughs> yup. So yeah, I can see how that would be an issue for some people, including yourself. But for me, that's just like not mm-hmm. even an issue. I was cracking up so much I didn't care. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. But yeah, so that was my least favorite scene. It wasn't really a scene. It was just some issues I had with the reading of the book, mm-hmm. which leads perfectly well into your final thoughts. So Abby. Tell me your final thoughts. I gave this book five stars. I had a blast reading it. I adored it. It was ridiculous and hilarious. And the characters, despite the insanity of the situation, felt very real. I just enjoyed the entirety of this book. It was a great ride. I definitely recommend reading it. If for some reason you have gotten this far in our podcast <laughs> and have not read it. If we got to the very end, we're going to tell you <laughs> you should just read it. I'm telling you, you still need to go read it. It's hilarious. Oh my gosh. I just, I don't know. I was really in the mood for something wacky and fun that would make me laugh. And this definitely did that. So I just like, I couldn't find fault in this book. It's five stars for me. What about you? 
Um, this is a solid four star for me. Like, this is not one I would want to reread again. Uh, this is one I think when the sequel comes out, I'm going to listen to it instead and see if the listening um, changes my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I and I think the whole reason why I knocked it out a star, and I know you said that you hung your disbelief at the door, which is fine, but I'm usually pretty good at suspension of belief stuff because I love fantasy and science fiction. Of course, that's suspension of this, you know, belief. But man, I just kept getting kicked out of the book. And I was like, this is not doing it for me at all. Um, but I have to say, I would recommend this. I have I have recommended this book already to other, I'm like, girlfriends. I'm like, friends that are girls, girlfriends, who are all like pretty big readers. And I was like, okay, guys, like this book is wild. But give it a chance. It's a good summer read. It's a good beach read. This is a book that, if I was going to go on vacation and chill somewhere, yeah, like this is one that I would be like funny, light, hilarious, perfect, you know? Oh, 100%. Because it's got that like, for people who really love reading about murders, it's got that element to it, but it's an accidental murder. So the spin on everything is just funny. It's very light. It's very, definitely if I was going on vacation by myself to a beach and I knew I was just going to read a bunch. This is a book that I would take along because it's perfect for it. Yes. Like, like this is literally probably like one of the most perfect books to take the for vacation. Mm-hmm. But yeah, solid four for me, not a reread, but one, I'm glad I'm glad I read it. Definitely. will read the sequel. Definitely going to get the audio book for the sequel. Yeah. And like I said, I do want to read the audio listen to the audiobook of this one just to see like how much of a difference it makes for sure and one thing to note too is like i still will recommend this book to people because i think there is a place for this book because it's funny and weird and delightful it is a hilarious book so if you have a book and you got this far go get it but i hope you've read it but if you have read it let us know what you think and we will talk to you next week talk to you next week guys bye If you liked what you heard today and want to help us spread the book love, drop us a rating or review on the app you use, or share the episode post on your preferred social media. Everything helps. You can also check out our Patreon for some awesome perks like access to our mini-series, a monthly guaranteed episode poll, and much more. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter under the name The Book Life Podcast. If you'd like to contact us directly, you can email us at thebooklifepodcast at gmail.com. The song is Theme for an Unmade Anime by C8 Benoit from their album Dominique. You can find them on Instagram at C underscore A underscore B-E-N-O-I-T. That's C-A Benoit. And on Spotify under their name, Katie Benoit. Thanks for listening. Till next time.